This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, immortality, or living so long, you might as well call it that. This is not snake oil. This is science. And that's probably, again, one of the reasons we use the word immortality, because to differentiate it from simply living another 10 years or maybe 100 years. Genetically increasing the human lifespan when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, the producer and host of Radio Health Journal. If you like listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. This is our first in-car system that has AI processing to be able to do license plate reads right from the in-car camera. The rapidly changing realm of police technology. Them. How can we do good as well as doing well? The balance between revenue and being environmentally responsible. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Radio Health Journal and Viewpoints on your favorite radio station. And subscribe and listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal. Imagine that you could live to be 300 years old, in good health, playing tennis, writing all the books you ever dreamed of writing, meeting your great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Science fiction, right? Actually, the science behind human longevity is real. And some people say it's just a matter of time before we all live this long. This is not snake oil. This is science. And that's probably, again, one of the reasons we use the word immortality, because to differentiate it from simply living another 10 years or maybe, you know, 100 years, which until recently seemed so outrageous, we're talking about living much longer than that. That's science journalist Chip Walter, author of Immortality, Inc., Renegade Science, Silicon Valley Billions, and the Quest to Live Forever. First of all, from an evolutionary standpoint, every creature has a kind of age limit. And that age limit is set by your genetics. Uh, And they're set because of the way you've evolved, the worlds in which you've evolved. In the case of humans, we can seem to be able to live a maximum of about 120 years. There are very few people that live that long, but there are no people that live longer than that, at least no one that we know of. So somewhere in there, in our genes, is, are certain switches that seem to exist that cause us to age. With the help of Ancestry.com, a company that's collected millions of gene samples from people all over the world, researchers have studied the genes of centenarians and beyond hoping to discover the secret of their longevity. Is there some magic gene? And the answer is no, there isn't. The truth is, the reason why people live unusually long is because they don't have more bad genes. It's not that you have a particularly good gene, but everyone has bad genes. It's just people that get, they get a wrong hand and they get some bad genes, they die earlier. And if they are lucky enough to have very few bad genes, then they will live unusually long. Researchers believe that by identifying these bad genes, individuals can be proactive and take steps to prevent disease from developing in the future. Let's say that you have a predilection for diabetes. You know, when diabetes starts to create all sorts of problems, 
down the road, all of your organs begin to suffer, your quality of health begins to suffer. Some of this could be genetic, some of it could be lifestyle, you know, but at least if you know ahead of time that genetically you may be predisposed at a certain age to begin to have problems, then you could get on top of those problems ahead of time and you wouldn't have to deal with them. Learning all of this, Walter was curious about what his own health might be 10 years down the road. So he had his complete genome mapped, got a brain MRI, and gave many vials of blood to researchers. Luckily, I didn't find that I had incipient Alzheimer's. It didn't discover any amyloids in my brain or any kind of genetics that there's a very, very rare gene that I suppose my two daughters, if they married another man and had a child that had the exact same gene, recessive gene, they could have a child that would have a severe disease, but mostly we got pretty lucky. Thousands of people have gotten these same tests, and most of them have found no diseases lurking in their genes. However, 30% of those people found problems that were life-threatening that they did not know they had. And most of these people go through this thinking that they're healthy. So on the one hand, bad news, but better than not finding out at all. One of the examples in the book is a woman that's 27 years old that had an aneurysm. She could have blown it out at any time and she would have died, but they found it and they fixed it and now she's healthy. But what about cost? All this testing isn't covered by insurance, at least not yet. Does that mean only the wealthy get to live long, healthy lives? Like that 2013 science fiction movie Elysium starring Matt Damon? Anything that's on the cutting edge like this is usually more expensive because you don't have very many people that are going to pay for it. Right now, you know, you have to have people that have a certain amount of money who are willing to go in and basically subsidize, you know, this sort of thing. I don't think it necessarily means that only the wealthy will be able to use these sorts of procedures and services. I just think that they're the first early adopters. I think what will happen is that as some of these sort of concierge approaches become more effective and you begin to see some real results, then the insurance industry is going to look at that and say, hmm, if we are actually helping people before they get sick, we'll save money. So since that seems to be the motivation to save money, it just turns out that in that case, we'll probably also save lives. However, going after all the bad genes we have may not be the only way to radically extend our lives. Back in the early 1990s, molecular biologist Cynthia Kenyon made an important discovery. By modifying just two genes in a lowly roundworm called C. elegans, its lifespan was doubled and in robust health. Since then, researchers have looked for a way to similarly flip a switch, so to speak, and create the same effect in humans. The research is even financially backed by Big Pharma's AbbVie and Google Ventures to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. One of the big questions that people always ask whenever we discuss this idea and this book is, well, what is going to happen if everyone lives this long? Are we going to just burn the planet down? Are there going to be too many people? Will we be too crowded? whenever people begin living hundreds of years, and this isn't going to happen just the flip of a switch, but whenever we live that long, it's going to capsize everything. It's going to capsize economics, society, personal relationships, religion. 
So I think that we have to be aware that this is coming and try to get on top of it before it gets on top of us. You can get on top of the questions and the possibilities in Chip Walter's book, Immortality, Inc., available now. You can learn more about all our guests by visiting our website at radiohealthjournal.net. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen, studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. About a million Americans have Parkinson's disease, and many are treated with levodopa carbidopa therapy, but about half of them will experience off episodes when Parkinson's disease symptoms return between doses of these medications. The FDA has approved Norian's Istradevalon, a prescription medicine used with levodopa and carbidopa to treat adults with Parkinson's disease experiencing off episodes. Dr. Robert Hauser of the University of South Florida says, During off episodes, symptoms including difficulty walking return, which can impact patients. Nurians is the first and only treatment of its kind that works differently. In clinical trials, Nurians significantly decreased the amount of off time the patients experienced and increased the amount of time patients had good symptom control between doses. Norians may cause serious side effects, including uncontrolled sudden movements, dyskinesia, hallucinations, and other symptoms of psychosis, as well as compulsive behaviors and an inability to control them. The more common side effects of Norians include uncontrolled movements, dyskinesia, dizziness, constipation, nausea, hallucinations, and problems sleeping, insomnia. If you or your family notice that you are developing any new or unusual symptoms or behaviors, talk to your health care provider. These are not all the possible side effects of Norian's. Call your doctor for medical advice about side effects. You may report side effects to FDA at 1-800-FDA-1088. Before you take Norian's, tell your health care provider about all your medical conditions, including if you have a history of dyskinesia, have reduced liver function, and smoke cigarettes or use other tobacco products. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take, including prescription and over-the-counter medicines, vitamins, and herbal supplements. Norians may affect the way other medicines work, and other medicines may affect how Norians works. To get more information about Norians, consumers can call 1-800-N-O-U-R-I-A-N-Z or go to www.norians.com. Brought to you by Kiowa Kieran. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Radio Health Journal is a production of MediaTracks Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal... It affects their appearance in most cases. It affects their emotional state. It affects their reproductive potential. It's really a life-changing and often devastating condition. The many symptoms of polycystic ovary syndrome. Then the dreams of children in poverty. They all want to be something when they're kids. And the trajectory is blocked for poor children and minority children and is wide open for many affluent children who are part of the mainstream. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.